Um, today, I'm with Dr. Toki Moon and all three who attended Penang Free School in the 1960s. Dr. To has been the State Executive Counselor in 1999 in charge of Education, Economic Planning and Information and also the State Minister of Penang in 2004. Dr. To is currently a Fellow at the Penang Institute. Um, good afternoon, Dr. To. Good afternoon. Um, the objectives for my interview today is to understand how Penang Free School has formed us as a generation. Mainly, I'm looking at comparing the difference in the role Penang Free School played for its students during my father's generation in the 1960s and my generation in the 2000s. Um, what, what year did you enter Penang Free School? Before I start, if you don't mind, can I make some corrections to your introduction? Okay, right. Actually, I uh, became a state executive counsellor uh, which was and still is equivalent to the rank of a state minister in 1995. And I stayed uh, in that position until I retired in 2008. Uh, okay. Now, I joined Penang Free School in 1957. Uh, I remember very clearly on the first day of uh, 1957, Georgetown was actually granted city status by none other than Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, we had not attained independence yet. Uh, we were going to attain independence uh, eight months later, uh, shortly after the 1st of January 1957, ethnic uh, interracial riots actually broke out. Uh, before I joined Penang Free School, I studied at the Hutchins Primary for three years and Wellesley Primary for two years. So actually I, I joined Wellesley Primary in 52, uh, Primary 1, then 53, Primary 2, then I had a double promotion and went to Hutchins Primary School uh, in 54, 54, 55, 56. Now those days uh, we had to sit for what uh, was known as the uh, Malaysian Secondary School's Entrance Examination. Every kid in Primary 6 had to take that exam and only those who scored a Category A were selected to join Penang Free School. The, there were three schools that acted as feeder schools. Uh, Hutchins Primary, uh, Francis Light and, and uh, Westlands. Okay, Penang uh, Free School, as I said earlier, was uh, rated the top English school, one of the top English schools, not just in Penang but uh, in the whole country. When I went to school, primary school, I mean, the country was still under colonial rule. Uh, and of course, uh, English. Uh, as, a, as a language was uh, ranked highest in the, in, the, in the hierarchy of languages. Meaning if you have had uh, an English education, your prospects of getting a job, especially in the public sector, would have been very much better. Mm -hmm. And that was in fact the reason why my father put me, why my parents put me in, the, in an English school. Uh, I came from a very poor family and my parents felt that uh, an English education would uh, 
help me to get a job, uh, either as a school teacher or as a clerk mm. you know, in the private sector or in the government service. Uh, the system then was, a, was elitist in the sense that quite a lot of people were actually eliminated even as early as 76. Uh, my own sisters were all eliminated even before uh, standard six uh, for two of them. Uh, if you don't get a category A, so you don't get a primary school. Uh, if you get a category B, for example, you get to Georgetown Secondary School. And I think for category C, it was either Georgetown or one or two other schools which I can't remember. D, you you would have to leave leave the school system. So, so the elimination uh, started as early as 76. But of course later they abolished the uh, Malaysian secondary, secondary School's entrance exam, replaced it with some kind of assessment, which is still on today. It's called uh, UPSR. Uh, UPSR. And then uh, later they delayed the elimination uh, process till Form 3, uh, lower certificate of education. Uh, PMR, but that also was later abolished, so that everybody everybody could could study up to form five at least, you know, mm. uh, and the, and the elimination then uh, took place at at uh, the school as SPM. Okay, so during my time, it, the elim elimination took place as early as standard six, you see, so which made the whole school system very elitist, so. A very very limited number of students could finally get to form six, and uh, st still more uh, still more limited number could get to university. Uh, when I when I was in school, there was only one university actually, uh, the University of Malaya in Kuala Lumpur, yeah? and before that the University of Malaya in Singapore. Yeah, so okay, my impression of Penang Free School, well, I can't say that uh, I had a very uh, happy uh, life in Penang Free School. I was um, I was always in the top class, but I was not um, I was not top amongst I was not the top in the top class, but I was always in the top class, and I was kind of like in the middle in the in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, the education was good. Mm -hmm. the, the, some of the teachers were good. Some of the teachers were not so good, but. Uh, the good thing about Penang Free School was the competition. Uh, I believe in competition. I, I mean, I believe in some competition at least because competition does uh, spur and drive uh, kids to work harder, to bring out the best in them, uh, and to aim for high achievements. I mean, without any uh, competition, uh, you don't you don't get that. You, see, you don't get that kind of uh, spur, that kind of motivation to to perform. You know? Although sometimes the, the competition could get to ridiculous levels, uh, you know, mm. uh, where you know students uh, who rival each other. Uh, try to outdo each other by, you know, uh, for example, 
diverting their attention from, attention from study to something else in the hope that, you know, uh, they would not study as hard and they, 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 they wouldn't do as well, that kind of thing, which wasn't very good. But, but by and large, I mean, I think that the, the, comp the competition in, in free school was very, very, very strong. And I think that was what really led to the students performing well generally. Now, the teaching was, as I've said, mixed. I mean, there were good teachers, there were bad teachers. Yeah, so, and the other thing about uh, Penang Free School is uh, the education was quite rounded. Now. I mean, uh, I remember we had to do uh, extracurricular extra activities every Monday and Thursday. Uh, we had to do uh, a sports, and then we had to do one other car extra curricular activity, either gardening club or mm -hmm. you know uh, woodwork woodwork club. You I think know. still the same. Ah, yeah. And then we uh, we had additional sports where every student had, had to take part. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. and then you score a point. If you, if you clear a certain level in high jump, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, overall, the education was good, balanced, but uh, I mean, I, I wasn't very happy because uh, I kind of felt, coming, considering my own background, felt a little inferior and uh, quite lacking confidence. You know? mm -hmm. uh, most, most of my classmates were from the middle class. Many of them very bright, uh, very outstanding in their studies. Mm -hmm. But later on in life, I mean, I th th there were very few leaders amongst them. I mean, I, I, none of them actually went into politics, for example, and provided leadership. Uh, well, quite a few of them went into medicine never came back even I mean they got scholarships to Canada to uh, Australia those who went to Canada and Australia never came back but those uh, many of them I mean but those who went to India of course came back uh, then the rest uh, in, uh, studied in the University of Singapore University they stayed back so the some of them of course have done very well uh, financially but uh, many of them were just like you know uh, doctors and led a, we have been leading very quiet lives you know so, uh, whilst the school prepared us well for a career, especially in the professions, eh? mm. uh, I'm not sure that the I'm not sure that those of us who graduated from preschool had that kind of political consciousness, which actually uh, students in Chinese schools had. Mm. Uh, students in Chinese schools were very anti-colonial. I mean, those in my generation, those who studied in Hanqiang, for example, those who studied in Chongming, those who studied in Chonghua, uh, they all had very strong anti-colonial feelings for several reasons. Uh, uh, one of which was, of course, the, the colonialists uh, did not give equal treatment to Chinese schools. So they had to struggle uh, they had to raise funds on their own, they had to pay high fees. Uh, so they felt like they were poorly treated. 
uh, and um, the, the, the colonial, colonial powers favoured uh, English schools like Penang Free School. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, then you have mission schools like St. Xavier's and uh, uh, MBS that also had some support from the state, yeah. uh, but uh, more from the church, Roman Catholic Church in the case of the LaSalle Brothers schools and uh, Methodist Church in the case of the uh, Anglo-Chinese school and Methodist schools, you see. But anyway, they, 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 had, they had the kind of uh, space to flourish. But not Chinese schools. So that was the reason why uh, Chinese school students from early on uh, demonstrated against colonial rule, demanded for equality of treatment, and then uh, all kinds of switches were made to education policy that put them at a grave disadvantage. For example, uh, out, of, out, of the, out of the blue, they, the English uh, authorities decided that their medium would have, have to be from Chinese to English here. Yeah? Mm. Uh, so, so they rebelled, they fought, they demonstrated. So that kind of anti-colonial feeling was, was very much there, actually. But which was absent, I think, in 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 mm. in, in, in us, and uh, they kind of like uh, did not have a have very strong anti-colonial uh, feelings with us. I mean, uh, teachers, a few of them had that, but not not the students generally. Uh, so, so there was that. I mean, uh, there was the education I had in primary free school. So, I mean, from an academic perspective, of course, we had good education, but. Uh, but if we are talking about, you know, uh, uh, being concerned about the larger, larger society, mm. uh, being concerned about the need to fight for independence, I don't think it was there, la, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Because, would you say because Penang Free School was more privileged, that's why they didn't feel a need to rebel against the... Yeah, yes, I think we were privileged. Uh, in the, we were privileged in the sense that well, the facilities were good. Uh, 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 we 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 did not face shortages of teachers, for example. Uh, we had good facilities, uh, good equipment. Uh, we had uh, sufficient open space for for games, and so and of course the headmaster was. I mean, throughout my entire uh, secondary education in free school, an Englishman uh, and uh, someone who got an MA from Cambridge, you see. So, I mean, he made sure that we, we, I mean, we owed our loyalty to, to mm. the colonial government, I mean, or at least minimally uh, made sure that uh, we, we, we wouldn't rebel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Our consciousness only developed when we went overseas, where we had greater access to progressive literature, which mm. was, of course, not available in Malaysia, mm. or not readily available rather in Malaysia. Was it suppressed by the British at the time? Well, yes, initially, and then later by the by the anti-communist. Yeah. Uh, post-independent government mm. led by Tunkot Brahman, the first Prime Minister, yeah. 
Um, and coming back to your experience as a student, um, and looking at the social environment in the school, such as looking at the relationships between students and teachers, was it a more hierarchical system back then, where it's more instruction, or was it a participatory approach? I'm not sure there was a there was a a lot of participation. I mean, uh, yeah, it was more like top down, and uh, especially some of the colonial. Uh, I mean, some of the some of the teachers who who were from England, and also uh, those who kind of behave like uh, uh, typical masters in 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 uh, in, uh, in, uh, in English grammar school. I mean, they they were they were quite fierce, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they brooded no 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 dissent. I mean, and uh, it was a it was a, sim- a clear case of an instruction is given, then you follow, lah. You know? mm. uh, the only s- small group that maybe had a little more room for participation would be the prefects, mm. uh, and uh, I can't say that the prefects were a very popular lot with the rest of the student community, lah. Mm. Uh, partly because they, they enjoyed privileged status. I remember arguing with one of them. We all had to wear white socks, everybody, but they could wear any, any, any colored socks as, as, as they won. Mm. One of the privileges of being a prefect, apparently. Mm. So, the kind of thing, I mean, uh, so already within the Penang Free School, uh, it was like inculcated in us. There's such a thing called hierarchy. There's such a thing as a, a hierarchical structure where you have the headmaster at the very top, then the teachers, and then the prefects, and the rest of us occupy the bottom rung of that uh, power structure. You know? And uh, of course, that later, as we step into uh, the university, and into enterprises or workplaces within the public sector, you would come across the same uh, hierarchy of power structure. Mm-hmm. So that kind of structure is replicated, you see. So uh, most of the people who occupy the bottom structure were, of course, maybe. People from maybe the lower ranks, middle, lower, lower socioeconomic status, uh, not outstanding enough to be selected school prefects, mm. whether in games or whether in academic performance. Uh, mm. uh, of course, I mean, not everybody who was clever, not everyone who scored many distinctions were chosen as school prefects. Mm. But uh, uh, those selected as prefects uh, were academically competent, but at the same time good in sports. And uh, you could see that you know uh, many of them, their fathers were clerks uh, in private sector enterprises or middle-ranking uh, 
staff in the hospitals mm. yeah. or teachers or teachers themselves you know or in government departments uh. mm. uh, so so that the kind of uh, hierarchical power structure uh, was already there in, the, in Penang Free School and I thought you know it was inculcated in us you know the the that, that, that the idea that you know uh, there's the ranking you know mm. and uh, if you happen to be at the bottom or, or rank of that hierarchy then yours is to receive instructions and follow mm. otherwise it's detention class you know Um, and also then looking at the overall racial diversity, how, how were these interactions between races and... Penang Free School during my time was largely, uh, I mean, largely Chinese. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, in my class from Form 1 till Form 5, uh, I went to a science stream. Uh, there was only one science class from 5 science. I can't remember how many how many Malays there were. There was only one, in fact, uh, and he a poor fellow met with an accident and died. He got a pulmonary plan, but before he could even take it up, he met with an accident and died. Mm. In the earlier uh, the earlier forms, uh, form one, form two, form three, we had a few more. Uh, one of them, Abdul Razak bin Hussein, he happens to have the same name as the second prime minister. Mm. He went on to become Uda chairman, but he went to the arts later. So they were only they were, you were talking about room four or five, you know, four or five uh, mm. Malays uh, at the lower levels uh, in the same class as me. Uh, well, we were friendly to each other, uh, but I can't say that there was a lot of social interaction after school. You know, mm. I uh, we I still mix mainly with Chinese, but not exclusively with Chinese. So, mm. I mean, it was more because I mean the ethnic composition of the student population was so one-sided, you know, mm. uh, almost predominantly Chinese. It's the same like uh, uh, Malay students studying in MCKK, Malay College of Cancer. I mean, they just didn't have the opportunity to mix with uh, Chinese uh, Chinese students. But of course, I mean, at, uh, uh, the, the, the students of my era found it easier to interact. Uh, we, we were quite comfortable in, in terms of uh, socializing, you know, yeah. uh, with uh, people of other races, but uh, when we were in school, we didn't really have that much opportunity uh, to interact with people from other races. Yeah. I mean, the number of classmates who were Malays was a very small in number, and Indians as well, quite small in number. Yeah. Well, was that an active decision by the? the school system itself or was it just because of opportunity of well I mean uh, uh, well the Penang that I was growing up in was largely Chinese la. mm-hmm. I, I, I grew up in Georgetown and you know, so the catchment for Penang Free School was uh, very Chinese you know? mm-hmm. so it's very difficult for them to get Malay students, and uh, so I mean the the Malay students were the Malays were mainly in, on onto the mainland. For those living in uh, on the island, they were mainly in Balik Pulau, Jolotong, uh, uh, and uh, maybe Sungai Pinang. 
some Indian Muslims in, in the city of Georgetown. Some Indians, of course, in Georgetown. So uh, I thought, if I remember correctly, we, we were almost like 80-90% Chinese with a few percent Indians and a smaller percentage of Malays. Yeah. So it was more the, the environment and the surrounding. You know? how, big, how big was the form of students at that time? How big what? Uh, How big was your your form like form in form one? How many 30, total? I think no more than forty uh, in the earlier years. But when we reached form five, it was only thirty five percent. But as a class or as a class, whole form uh, there were five or six classes. Mm. So you are talking about the, about two hundred maybe. Mm. Okay. Still about the same size today. Mm. Um and. Maybe coming back to the headmasters of Penang Free that in that time, did what was the power relations? Did, was it a more uh, as a hierarchical thing as well, or were they just a figurehead in Penang Free? Or no, no. I mean, well, Penang Free School uh, during my time uh, had a very prestigious status. Uh, the Headmaster of Penang Free School was ranked maybe at at the most one rank below the chief education officer of the state, mm. uh, or for that matter, maybe even the same rank. I'm not sure, but uh, you don't have a, si a situation where someone after becoming headmaster of Penang Free School, he would go on to be headmaster of Jolotong or something, Jolotong Secondary School. Mm or Georgetown Secondary School. No, 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 no such thing. So Penang Free School was definitely, uh, as far as government schools were concerned, ranked at the highest. Mm -hmm. So that uh, after a stint as a master of Penang Free School, you would go on to be a uh, more senior ranking officer uh, in the Department of Education or the Ministry of Education. Later, I was horrified to hear about my own classmate, Go Hui Bing, who was headmaster of Penang Free School, but because of some problems with the department, he was then sent to be headmaster of Jolotong mm. Secondary School. Now, such a thing would never have happened during my time, you know, yeah. because, uh, I mean, Jolotong, I mean, well, during my time, Jolotong either didn't exist or was only started when I was about to leave Penang Free School. Uh, Jolotong, uh, Westlands, Secondary School, Georgetown, were ranked definitely much mm. lower, you see. So there's no such thing as the headmaster of Penang Free School coming over to these schools. Mm. But going on to become like uh, maybe the uh, director of the Malayan, uh, principal of the Malayan Teachers College or uh, uh, chief education officer of Penang, yes. So you're talking about that kind of rank of the headmaster of Penang Free School. So he had a lot of power. Uh, well, I say that because, uh, for example, his recommendations of uh, students for scholarships uh, were, were, were given a lot of weightage. So let's say out of 10 uh, students that the then HM strongly recommended for a Colombo plan or for a federal scholarship, I think almost all of them will get it. Like, almost all of them will get it. So that's the kind of influence you're talking about, you see. So uh, he, he had a lot of influence and power. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, he had full control of the school as well. 
Um, and remembering back to the time, do you remember any specific strong culture or tradition within the school that that you still that st- is still in your mind? Not very much, I'm afraid. Uh, well, you must remember that uh, the time I was in school, fifty-seven to sixty-three, was a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. You're talking about what? Uh, say, the time I left school, it was sixty-three, thirty-seven plus fifteen, be two years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, time would have like diluted whatever whatever feelings I have for the school. Mm. I'm not one of those old freeze who, uh, who, is, who is very passionate about uh, forging ties, you know, yeah. uh, amongst my old freeze. Although some of my classmates have that kind of passion. I do join, but I, I excuse me, Um, so what was your experience with the co-curricular activities? What what were you involved in? Well, nothing very much. I I played for the school in ping pong. That was all. I was a school player uh, in ping pong only. Uh, I was not a good athlete. Uh, uh, I I took I took part in extracurricular activities only because I was I was forced to. Not that I enjoyed and enjoyed mm-hmm. them. Uh, so you know, if not, if in fact, or more often than not, I, f- I found it to be a chore, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So therefore, overall, I can't say I enjoyed school life that much, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some friends, very good friends, in fact. Uh, but uh, I think I, 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 I had uh, until now. I still keep in touch with a few of them, but uh, we, we, that's all. I mean, we are not really that close. I'm closer, for example, to your father. Mm. You know, uh, but not but not because he was my yeah. my my classmate, you know, but because we just happened to to share the same uh, political views, you know, and we work well together on so many issues. And, uh, unfortunately, I can't say the same of my classmates. Eh? Mm. Uh, yeah, they, they were they were on to like making money, some of them, uh, or just uh, pursuing the career, led a very quiet family life, that kind of thing. Would would you say it was the inter influence from the the high school that made them not have this strong political awareness, or is it? More uh, I would say partly yes. I would say partly yes. I mean, uh, I think the the whole the whole concept of schooling then, you know, was really uh, okay. Not 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 to, not to stimulate uh, critical thinking. But more to impart uh, skills, uh, which I think uh, are important for the reproduction of the entire economic system. Mm. You know, the system needs uh, hu- human inputs, and uh, and the role of the school was to prepare students for further education, uh, with a view to producing more trained manpower. To, to sustain the system, not the system that the British left behind, that, that the British wanted uh, uh, sustain in, in, in the country. But certainly not, not uh, to, to kind of like uh, nurture, uh, nurture 
thinkers to challenge the whole system, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That actually came later for many, for those old priests like Jomo, like your father, who uh, became like uh, uh, critiques, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who, who contest, you know, the system. You know, their, their consciousness actually grew, grew and developed only overseas. Uh, as, as I've said, uh, Chinese school students were different, you know. They, they, they had that kind of discontent even when they were in school. And uh, they, 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 they sought answers from uh, literature produced in China. And uh, a lot of this was revolutionary. And uh, that was why, you know, you, you had all these demonstrations, all these uh, boycott exams, you know. Kind of thing happening in 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 Chongling in the fifties, uh, many schools in in Singapore, Nanyang, and so on. Um, but I guess when I come to know it is, Penang Free School at that time did give the opportunity and equip you, equip your generation to be able to go overseas as well. So it was a good stepping stone for for the people in Penang. Yeah, we were well prepared for further education overseas, that's, that, that's for sure. Uh, I, I, I myself experienced that. I mean, I only went overseas for my master's degree at the University of Leeds in England, and I, I found my English education at school to be, to be very, very uh, adequate. In, uh, certainly, as far as the language goes, uh, I was adequately prepared uh, for for a British university education. So in that sense, I mean, Penang Free School did did um, play the role very well, now. Yeah. And and you said that the the school equipped you all well to become a human resource to be an input into the system. But is it because of the economic system of that time that they didn't need critical thinking, they just needed manpower and things have changed currently? No, I mean, at that time, uh, the British wouldn't want us, for example, to know that uh, they were the ones who were benefiting from the colonial relationship, that they were sucking out uh, lots of money from our country, that they controlled the economy, that they were the biggest exploiters, of both of natural and, and human uh, resources and human labor. I mean, the, hor- the horror and, and exploitative stories of Indian plantation labor, Chinese mine workers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them died from disease and so on. So uh, I'm I, I, not sure that I knew a lot of all these things. I, 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 in, the, I, in the history I, that I learned, well, I took history only up to form five, form three. Uh, we, we, did, we didn't uh, learn any of this kind of history. So, uh, you know, the British did, did not want uh, us uh, to know the negative side of uh, Britain's rule of Malay, of Malay, so that we don't rebel. Eh? Uh, yeah, and uh, of course uh, we were comfortable, as I said, 
uh, school was well equipped. Uh, education was also we thought was good. Mm. Yeah. So we had no reason to rebel, right? And and with your involvement in the ministry in Penang, um, how would you say Penang Free School has changed over the years from this strong colonial influence to now becoming a very yeah, government? Well, yeah, I, actually I, I, I can say something about the change. I, I, when I became the State Minister for Education, I was asked to represent the government at the Penang Free School Speech Day. The speech day, of course, uh, uh, as you know, uh, is a big day for Penang Free School. It's, it has to be held on the 21st of October every year. Uh, but I was, well, I wouldn't say horrified, but I, I mean, I was quite surprised at some of the changes, you know. Uh, there was a strong Islamic element, or the, the then HM, in 1995, when I first went back to the school after a long absence, tried to instill some Islamic elements, you know, into the school's administration. So uh, one of the items was uh, Nashid, you know, singing of Nashid. Mm. Uh, so, but so, uh, later I, I, I said, well, I mean, uh, we, are, we, are, we have been independent for so many years. I mean, why, why should we keep the colonial tradition? You know, but however, I didn't expect, on the other hand, that you know, uh, Nashid would be part of the pro part of the part of the program for speech day. Is it? Mm -hmm. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that there has been quite a radical transformation as well now, yeah. and uh, that's one. Huh? Then secondly, I was told that the HM of Penang Free School now. I mean then, I mean when I was the state minister and, and now, it's the same status as the headmaster of uh, Scholar Menenga Kabangsan Aitam, or Scholar Menenga Jolene, or Scholar Menenga Jibotong, or Scholar Menenga Joshtang, same, you know, same status. Uh, I think the salary is the same. Now, that, in a relative sense, has actually degraded Penang Free School. The status of Penang Free School has actually chopped. Yeah. Compared to my time, as I've explained to you earlier, the HM of Penang Free School, after his or his stint, his stint and no her stint, because there was, it was not uh, thinkable then, I think, mm. for a lady to be uh, principal of Penang Free School. Uh, he would go on to become HM of another school. He would either become the principal of Teachers College or the CEO of Penang, Chief Education Officer, or Ministry, or high-ranking official in the, in the Ministry. So, so in a relative sense, Penang Free School's status has dropped, uh, as far as the Ministry is concerned. So it's another school, you know. It's not, it's not uh, a school that enjoys a special status. Like, like what it used to during our time. And the other thing is, uh, it's not also regarded as 
any, uh, uh, I mean, it's not meant to be your top, top, uh, top performing school. I mean, my time it was, but not anymore. They have set, set up many of these Mara Junior Science Colleges, your uh, uh, fully residential uh, science schools, you know, in addition to the Malay uh, College called Kansa and so on. So Penang Free School has again been relegated in terms of status. Malays, I was told, after finishing their Form 3 in Penang Free School, uh, if, if, if they have very outstanding results, they will be picked, you know, to either go to MCKK or go to any of these uh, science schools, fully residential science schools or Marajuna Science College, which in, 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 a, in a relative sense mean that Penang Free School is not good enough for them, you know. They have to be put in uh, what the ministry regards as even better schools, you know. So, Penang Free School status, that sense, has dropped. Yeah. Whereas, during my time, no, free school was the top. You know? Anybody who could get to Penang Free School would go on to achieve you know, uh, outstanding results. Yeah, so, and uh, the headmasters these days don't feel proud to be headmasters of Penang Free School. Whereas, uh, I think in the earlier years, much earlier years, uh, it, it was an honour to be chosen as headmaster at Penang Free School. So I was told that you have headmasters who, who uh, just didn't want to come to the school. Uh, they were forced to go to the school to take up the position as HMs, but they didn't want to. So they stayed away from the school. And the parents' association used to complain like hell over the frequent absence of the headmaster. There was a bungalow house for the headmaster to stay in, and he, he just refused to. You know, that kind of thing, you know. No more honour, no more pride in becoming the headmaster of Penang Free School. Mm. So these are, some, these are some of the changes, negative changes mm. to the school. So, and when I pass the school now, uh, I, I also don't sense that, uh, that uh, it's, it's held in that kind of esteem. By the way, parents in Penang now don't regard Penang Free School as the top school and therefore the school of first choice for them. It was my time, during my time. It was. Everybody wanted to go to free school and therefore uh, it wasn't easy because there were so many who wanted to go to free school but the places were limited. So now people now rush to jo want to go to Zhongling. Uh, even... even, even uh, or Heng Yi, you know, uh, at least by Chinese parents, uh, is, uh, is ranked higher than Penang Free School. You know. For girls, it's Penang Chinese Girls High School, not anymore St. George's, you know. So there, there have been these kind of changes in the rankings, uh, if you like. But, but would this would be part of a global trend for the increasing importance of Chinese and Mandarin as a... Partly that, language. yes, partly that. Also partly uh, in the minds of uh, the Chinese parents, because of inter intervention in the choice of student, students, uh, because of the intervention of the Department of Education uh, in, in the ethnic composition of the students, I think the... the, the generally feel that there is a dilute, there's a dilution of the standard. I mean, it cannot be denied that there are a lot more Malays now studying Penang Free School mm -hmm. than there were during my time. And all because uh, 
this, the, it, it was uh, categorized as a control school uh, whose intake is this, was decided and is decided by the Department of Education. And so would you say that by, I mean, this emerging trend is segregating the newer generation on based on race, based on preference for a specific language, like if all the Chinese are going to Chinese schools and then only the Malays are left in the public schools, is there a strong divide and less racial interaction between them? Sure, of course. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's not just the government uh, policy. Uh, the the language medium, I think, is also a contributory factor. Uh, for example, by having multi by 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 having different media schools. At the primary level, you have national schools that use Malay, Chinese schools that use Mandarin or Chinese, Tamil schools that use Tamil. Then, when 90% or more of Chinese parents decide that their, their, their kids are to go to Chinese schools, so there will be very few going to national schools. So your national schools become populated mainly by Malays. Mm -hmm. Chinese schools become dominated by Chinese students. How can there be inter-ethnic interaction? There can only be ethnic segregation. Mm. See? So that's another problem. But However, having said that, I personally uh, support uh, mother tongue education, meaning education conducted in the language of the different communities. But I'm troubled, however, by, the, by, the, by, the, by this ethnic segregation and by this lack of interaction, of which I have no answer. And I guess this is more a general question. So in your opinion, then, what, what sort of education system would Malaysia need? Like, is there any education out there that pushes pushes the whole generation into a new level rather than being bogged down in what we currently have? Well, this is a very big question. I, <laughs> yeah, it's a very big question. And uh, I'm not sure I have the answer, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's mainly based on your experience. Uh, I think there are many there are many problems plaguing the education system in Malaysia. Uh, for a start, it has been very racialized. I mean, race as a as a consideration in the in the in the selection process, in the promotion process, selection of students associate at the tertiary level uh, and promotion of staff has been institutionalized. I think that really sets back the system many, many years. 
it has there's very little there's very little consideration for merit. And now education is such that the moment you neglect meritocracy, standards are bound to fall. As plain as that, as simple as that. But however, I'm prepared to admit that if you if you if you if you put uh, full emphasis on the meritocracy without some kind of support schemes, uh, then it can be elitist too. Yeah. I mean, it, it can lead to a situation where uh, only 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 people from the better homes who perform better get get to the get to the top you know the the, 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 the good schools get dominated by them they get to the to the good uh, profession uh, good subjects much sought after subjects in the universities so then education like becomes a vehicle for for reinforcing that class divide you see mm. rather than uh, acting as a, a social mobilizer, uh, availing opportunities for people from the lower strata to move up the social ladder, you see. So you, you need to have a balance, I think. Uh, and But without relying on race, uh, mm. but that's easier said than done, especially in a multiracial context where race has been institutionalized, as I've said. But you cannot neglect meritocracy. Uh, if you push meritocracy aside, standards can only fall. And standards have fallen in Malaysia. Uh, so so, so that's, that's, if that's a sad thing. Sad because uh, Malaysia used to boast of one of, the, one of the better education systems in the third world at least. Uh, you know? I mean, when I was studying in the University of Malaya, uh, way back in the, in the 60s, uh, it was uh, ranked as good as uh, Singapore University and University of Hong Kong. But no, not anymore. We are way, 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 way behind, you know? which is very sad. You know? yeah. So, uh, so I would say uh, one of the major reforms will have to be that the ministry must be serious about uh, putting stress on meritocracy, but at the same time, uh, giving. consideration to the weaker groups who probably can't compete, can't make it in a, in a meritocratic system. Yeah. So some kind of affirmative action will have to be provided. Yeah. The Pinans need, for example, this kind of affirmative action, this kind of protection, this kind of uh, uh, yeah, infant industry protection. Likewise, the Bumiputra groups in Sabah and Sarawak, or Asal in Malaysia, you know, mm. even some poor Malays, you know, and, and, and poor Indians, you know. Then uh, they have to really be serious about get, getting the best to be teachers. Huh? Singapore has done very well huh, in this regard. They pay their teachers well, so they get good people to become teachers. Uh, not so in the case of Malaysia.
and uh, yeah. And and coming back to again Penang Free School is in your opinion what what impact did Penang Free School have on Malaysia from your generation's time until now? Well. It did produce. It, it did produce some of the some of the top top uh, people. Uh, I mean, like Tunggok Brahman was uh, an old free. He was our first prime minister. Uh, Lim Chong Yi was a chief minister for a long time. He he, he was an old free. Uh, we have uh, CEOs uh, uh, of big companies, big corporations, who. Old fees, so yeah, I mean we did we did produce uh, uh, leaders are uh, but but uh, leaders of the technocratic type, uh, except for the Tungku and Chong Yu, yeah. So, Penang uh, Free School in the, in its earlier years did make a contribution that way. But not anymore, I don't think. Uh, when I hear of uh, outstanding people these days, not you don't come across many old fees. Uh, not not anymore. Whereas during my time, uh, quite often you hear an outstanding person in this and that being an old free. But that is also understandable, uh, simply because. Uh, we have a lot more secondary schools now. Uh, many years ago, uh, for Form 6, for example, uh, even students who, who, who have completed their Form 5 in BM High School, one of the leading schools in province Wesley, had to come over to Penang Island to either free schools in Xavier or MBS to do their Form 6. So, but now, with the spreading of uh, a lot of these schools all over the country, uh, so, uh, access, access to, it, to, to secondary education is much easier. So, I think the talent pool has kind of spread out. Mm. You know? So that uh, you don't have that kind of concentration that it used to be in a few schools. Obviously, free school is definitely one of them. Mm. Mm. I mean, you look at the uh, ethnic, I mean, the, the, sorry, the educational background of university students in the 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s and 70s. I mean, they came from only a small number of elite schools, or free schools in Xavier's, MBS, Penang, uh, Anderson School, ACS, St. Michael's, Ipoh, St. John's, Victoria Institution, Kuala Lumpur, Jawabaru English College. Okay. I think we may have to leave soon because yeah. uh, School that the place it's okay, yeah, uh, I'm done with my questions. Um, is th is there anything you would like to add? To no, all right. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for your time.